Your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. It's Poetry Month, and on tonight's show, we hear a selection of voices from around the Bay. We have original works from KPFA members, as well as poetry and songs from famous artists and future stars. All this and more on Full Circle. I'm your host, Teresa Adams. Stay with us. It's National Poetry Month, and I'm excited that we at KPFA and Full Circle are contributing to the celebration that honors great literary works. National Poetry Month was inspired by the success of Black History Month, which is held in February, and Women's History Month held in March. In 1995, the Academy of American Poets gathered together a group of publishers, booksellers, librarians, literary organizations, poets, and teachers to discuss the need for a month-long holiday to celebrate poetry. The first National Poetry Month was held in 1996. In a proclamation issued on April 1st, 1996, then-President Bill Clinton said, National Poetry Month offers us a welcome opportunity to celebrate not only the unsurpassed body of literature produced by our poets in the past, but also the vitality and diversity of voices reflected in the works of today's American poetry. Their creativity and wealth of language enriches our culture and inspires a new generation of Americans to learn the power of reading and writing at its best. Who please tell me, can resist the temptation to hear from powerful and diverse personalities that make up America's culture. I know I couldn't, and that's why I wanted to host this show. I've always had a love for poetry. When I was a teenager, I got my hands on a copy of I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou, and I thought, wow, this black woman has opened her heart to the world. Maya Angelou, who had been silent for many years, took pen and paper, and the words were not only soul-bearing for her, but for many men and women as well. Her book helped me make my dream of becoming a writer, a journalist, a storyteller, a reality. And I thought, what better way to start the show than with one of America's most renowned poets? Here's a clip from American Masters Pictures, created for the film, And Still I Rise inspired by the life of Maya Angelou. Everybody in the world uses words. The writer has to take these most known things and put them together in such a way that a reader says, I never thought of it that way before. My mother's boyfriend raped me. I was seven, so I stopped speaking for five years. In those five years, I read every book in the black school library. When I decided to speak, I had a lot to say. Maya was a dancer. She sang, she was an actress. I mean, she was a beautiful Giacometti sculpture. Of course, she was a writer. When I reached for the pen to write, I have to scrape it across those scars. Maya was responsible for teaching me why I should know more about my roots. But I remember her being very angry. Very angry. My mother taught me a love of justice. A love of doing what's right. I know why the cage bird sings. It was a very important literary feat. Cage Bird was really a, a, almost another Bible for me. It was the opening for me to wanting to be a writer. It was the first time I read something that resonated. It touched a very young girlish part of me. It reflected uh, my own mother's life. When I read it, I couldn't believe that she 
was free enough to talk about them. I read those words and thought, somebody knows who I am. She was big, and she had the voice of God. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling. I bear in the tide, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the hope and the dream of the slave, and so I rise, I rise, I rise. The trailer made me want to see the movie, definitely. And if you're interested in seeing it, we'll have the link to the website on kpfaapprentice.org. Our first piece of poetry for the evening is by, you guessed it, Maya Angelou. I plan to read this poem myself, but I realized no one could bring the flair and impact to those words better than the person who wrote them. So I searched for and found Maya Angelou reciting her poem, And Still I Rise. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment, and yet each of us has awakened, arisen, uh, somehow made our ablution, seen other human beings, and said, morning, how are you? Fine, thanks, and you? It's amazing, wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit, despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, Vow to celibate, we rise. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Just cause I walk as if I have oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like suns and like moons, with the certainty of tides, just like hope springing high, still I rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my sassiness upset you? <laughs> Don't take it so hard just because I laugh. <laughs> As if I have gold mines digging in my own backyard. You can shoot me with your words. You can cut me with your lies. You can kill me with your hatefulness. But just like life, I'll rise. Does my sexiness offend you? Oh, does it come as a surprise that I dance? as if I have diamonds at the meeting of my thighs. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the hope and the dream of the slave. And so, naturally, there I go rising. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1 in Berkeley. We are celebrating National Poetry Month. And we were just listening to the voice of Maya Angelou reciting her poem, And Still I Rise. That particular piece was downloaded to YouTube in 2007. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we heard from an international legend. And now we have a piece from our very own KPFA legend, Avacha. Avacha describes herself as a musician and a poet. 
Her work is so amazing that she inspired the Berkeley City Council to declare May 10 Avacha Day. Yes, Avacha has her own holiday. They were so impressed with her that they also issued a proclamation honoring her with a Lifetime Achievement Award in poetry. On top of all of that, she is one of the kindest people you ever want to meet. She says this particular poem was written at, not for, but at a guy who approached her after a show. Listen to what she says about what and who inspired her to write the poem. Soundly metaphysical. Okay, um, I'm I'm definitely a musician and I'm a music nut, as Kilo said. My friends call me a music junkie. And we were working at a club in uh, down on Chestnut, a place I really love, Bistro Yofi. And this guy came up to us after the gig and he says, Oh, that music you play is so great, sister. I know you must know where the good dope is. I've been cleaning sober since the Last Supper. And so I wrote this poem at him since I don't believe in violence. It's called Soundly Metaphysical. My music... My music is an orgasmic synonym for all that is real. An organic vibrational healing, a sanctified tone poem, ideal in sound. Call me a metaphysician, a doctor of sound, another addition on the latter tradition. Another one of those trying to be spiritual music nuts pushing 100% natural medicine, melodic medicine, non-toxic cures from B-flat to high C. I got a music Jones that won't let go. It's a heavy gift. A Zora Neale Hurston, Jose Montoya word song, a gift to lift us, a heavy intoxicant that's stronger than drugs, an ever-expanding ritual fix that's everywhere all the time. Music is the song that sings me, that flows through me, the song that is me. Music is the funk in the Joe Kuba tune, Duke Ellington's mistress, the bee that bites in Betty Carter's bop. The blood in my veins, poetic music is the air I breathe, the heart of every dream I dream. Sound so strong, I can see it. Can you hear it? Feel it? I got to know if you ever even noticed it. Music's calling and calling and calling and calling. It's always talking, calling you calmly, inviting you essentially as a caress, holding you warmly, hauntingly, desperately like a scream. Music is a unifier, the one sure thing that brings this world together. The only universal language. Music is a brazenly unrepentant flirt. Come speaking sweetly, teasing, swinging, and talking, jiving every idiom that's ever been. A language so strong, even the deaf can taste it. Are you listening? It's begging you to heal. Music and the music of the word is medicine. A poetic musician is a traditional healer, and I'm a dealer. A metaphysician who deals in sound, medicinal sound. It's the only high I'm pushing. And right now, I, I, I say, I feel a healing coming on. Anybody out there want some? Avacha performs this piece live during a Martin Luther King celebration in Oakland, California. Her show airs on KPFA on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. If you missed the show, you can catch her this Saturday and every fourth Saturday of the month at the Music of the Word at the Cesar E. Chavez branch of the Oakland Public Library. Look for event details on kpfaapprentice.org. We're going to a music break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Come on. And yes, y'all, you are now tuned to the sounds of the legendary foundation. Again, it's the thought The Dalai Lama of the mic The Prime Minister thought This directed to whoever It listened, it rains Yo, the whole state of things In the world about to change Black rain falling from the sky Looks strange The ghetto was red hot Who's stepping on flame? Yo, it's inflation on a price for fame And it was all the same But then the antidote came The black thought Ill syllabus out the fifth This heavyweight rap I'm about to live like A father lift up his seed to sunlight I plug in the mic Draw like a gunfight I never use a call or stand for portless Sip and chlorophyll out of ill silver gauntlets I'm like a faucet, monopolies the object There ain't no way to cut this tap You got to get wet Your head is throbbing and I ain't sick yet The rules are cool, the next move, man Come on Check it out, come on Yeah, yeah 
you go. Can you listen and stop? What you do when it's set in motion? It's the next movement. You listen and stop. What you do when it's set in motion? It's the next movement. We got the hot music, 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 the hot music. Word up, the formation of words to fit. That's what I usually disturb you with. A lot of rappers never heard of this. I know half the time it is. You got the elephant, what could you accomplish? Whether they skywriting your name or you anonymous. You be speechless, but stay in sinuses. The roots for your highnesses through your monitors. I took my crown, then blow down a diamond kiss. You need to buy a CD and stop rewinding this. I'm the finalist, shining like a rugged amethyst. And at your music conference, I'm the panelist. Listen close to my poetry, I examine this like an analyst. To see if you can handle it. Check it out. You, you got, got the groove, MCs, threes. Stand still, nobody move unless you're dealing with the next movement. The P5D, we be the monument. I live my life nice, but I'm not too big. You theatrical as a four-way play, this ain't rent. 100% straight out the basement. Spreading this across the planet on some next, y'all. How many people feeling this love music? Sure. with a touch of jazz and always some awesome flow. That's what I think when I think about The Roots. And that's who you were just listening to. And that song was The Next Movement by The Roots. Before that, we heard from KPFA's Avacha with her poem entitled Soundly Metaphysical. That's all right here on Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. There was Avacha and Maya, or Maya and Avacha, although I don't think these ladies have ever met. I do think that they probably don't care who comes first on the list as long as there is a list. And on that list, they want to include the next generation of poets, artists who are inspired by spoken word. And in keeping with that thought and intention... This next segment features one of those next generation artists who has a lot to say today. Her name is Jasmine Coffey. She's an activist and the winner of several National Poetry Slam competitions. She spoke with our very own Ephraim Colbert on Skype, and they talked about her public service and her love for the spoken word. During my early 20s, there was an emergence of talented poets from my hometown. They put the state of New Mexico on the map of places to watch out for on the poetry stage. New Mexico hosted several national poetry competitions, and some of our young adults were featured on Russell Simmons' HBO special, Brave New Voices. Our abuelas used to tell us of La Herona. The, the wailing, wailing woman. woman. She grew up in a Mexican town, now, now gone, gone with the, the dust of history. history. Maria was coveted by all of her village's men. Who could never forget the way palm-warm tortillas dissolved in mouth like words on end of tongue. Or how her embrace of summer dusk breeze drifted, drifted away, away from, from their, their fingertips. fingertips. It, it was, was Fernando, Fernando who won her. her. Knowing just the right pressure and conversation and embrace to, to make, make her, her blush pink as evening primrose. primrose. The next day, she brought him tortillas. She placed the flower blanket over his tongue, and soon they were writhing like kneaded dough. Their children rose from her oven as if, well, not long after, Fernando stopped eating her tortillas, stopped coveting her embrace. Maria smelled stranger's perfume on her husband and laundered in the river, cleansing clothes until the river water ran red. The next laundry day, she pushed her children's tiny skulls under the water. She washed their pale bodies down a river of abandonment. Their bodies were found, but not Maria. And when night covered sky, 
The townspeople said Maria would rise and come weeping along the riverbank. She was no longer Maria. She was La Llorona, the weeping woman. Good stuff, right? But when I was younger, poetry was never an artistic platform I respected or desired to support until I met Jasmine Cuffey. Jasmine is a longtime activist and poet whose accomplishments include winning several national poetry slam competitions and being the program manager of AmeriCorps Public Allies New Mexico for several years. Not only is Jasmine artistic, she is also very passionate about public service. Her presence and work within the community of New Mexico and the city of Albuquerque helped several young people find their voice and pursue a career in the nonprofit sector. She is currently working on her first manuscript. Jasmine, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ephraim. I'm very happy to be here. When we first met, I wasn't a big fan of poetry. What gave me a new perspective was your presentation given at San Juan College in Farmington, New Mexico, on the power of poetry and its ability to give voice to the voiceless. How did you get involved in poetry and poetry slam culture? I've always loved words. I've always loved stories. And when I was about 12 years old, a family friend of ours told us about a poetry show that he was doing here at one of the coffee houses. And I was immediately drawn to that idea of going somewhere and reading your personal work in front of strangers, I guess, just to, you know, share, share that part of your story that maybe doesn't get told often or... So I, I looked at it as an opportunity to kind of tell my story, even shape my story, whatever that was, even if I didn't know truly what that was at that moment, you know, being 12 years old or whatever. But it wasn't until I was about 15 that I actually uh, went through with it and uh, read my first poem at a place called the Moonlight Cafe. And that was my sort of introduction to what it was to go to an open mic, to put my name on a list, you know, to be drawn randomly to come up and read. But that family friend, he was also part of a group called the Angry Bound Poets and being, you know, a young person of color, you know, maybe not as conscious of that as at the time, you know, I definitely had thoughts and feelings that I wanted to express and the way that he spoke about sort of our culture here in New Mexico, you know, also being of mixed race, you know, it was something I felt like I had a compelling story to say. In 2000 and I believe five, I was on the Albuquerque Youth Poetry Slam team and I won the city championship for that. So I was the youth city champion and we were able to go to San Francisco for the Brave New Voices uh, Poetry Festival that they hold every year. <clears throat> and so that was a great opportunity for us here, as well as UNM team, a collegiate team that went to, well, that we had here actually in 2008 for the, it's called Tupsi, the Collegiate Poetry Slam Invitational. Um, and that was another great opportunity that we got to represent Albuquerque nationwide. How did those experiences shape you who you are today? As long as I can remember, you know, I've identified as a poet. I have advocated for poetry in the schools and in the arts and, you know, and as a tool for social justice as well. I don't think I could be so strong in my values, my convictions without gaining that early foundational piece of what poetry has brought to me. And that's, you know, finding my voice being confident in what I have to say, knowing that I do have power as a young woman of color and and this is a way that I can share my story, I think has not only made me the person who I am, but has made me want to also give back in a way that I can share that with other people who, who you know, are shy or have stage fright or, you know, have anything creative that is inside of them that needs a place to express itself i think that is um i think it's very much shaped who i am cool so i have one of your poems here entitled soundcheck universe we'll go ahead and play it and we can talk about it afterwards this is called soundcheck universe 
Squandering creative moments is like laughing in the face of the moon while she is whispering her secrets. Arrogant as screaming back at her, believing you shine brighter, know the intimacy of gravity and understand the crushing weight of being so luminous like she is the one practicing to become you. Please, do not write about how you cannot write. It is a waste of time and energy and will only dig your self-pitying hole deeper and faster than you have to take your next gasp. Instead, write a laundry list of what keeps you up at night. The creaking walls breathing like all your nightmares. The sighing limbs of an old house carrying the weight of your ghosts. Write the silhouettes of light waltzing through your drawn curtains. The forgiving support of your worn floor. Do not write yourself into the corner, into the box, into the dark. Do not fool yourself into thinking you are alone, that you are not worth it, that you are not one billion strokes of genius away from finding God when you think of it. It's not that much. Write the freckles on lover's neck, the way they point directly to the scar above his right eye. Write your collarbone. Let it know you think it's your sexiest feature. Write mama's frown lines, her furrowed brow and aching back demand. They release her. Do not squander these moments. Do not speak only when spoken to. Be fatuous and vulnerable. Do not value originality over authenticity and squeeze. Squeeze the last ember of every beam of light till your hands burn with truth. Call it a poem when it's the only thing left to call it do not call it art unless you've cut off an ear and listen. Listen to those things louder than doubt. Sound check universe and yell. Reverberate all your pregnant potential. Become the moon. Thank you. One of the things I'm truly nerdy about is astronomy. A little bit of astrology there, dabble, you know, in the in the mystic arts, I guess you can call them, without being too much of a dork or a nerd. But I love the moon, and the moon is definitely a symbol for, you know, creativity, emotion, um, the subconscious. So writing is definitely captures those things as well. Um, and so that piece that I wrote was in sort of in honor of what the moon provides us in ways of inspiration and creativity, but also a way to kind of give a pep talk to myself and other poets who experience writer's block, you know, and want to, especially being a performance poet versus a page poet, you know, when you're, when you're writing a poem for, you know, to compete with or to recite in front of a lot of people as entertainment, I guess you want to say, you know, you, you sometimes write just for the for the applause or for, you know, how it's going to affect the audience when we have to remember that we got to write for ourselves and that, you know, all of our stories are important. So all of, you know, even the mundane things on a daily basis have beauty and meaning to them. And so that was sort of the inspiration for that poem. Thank you for sharing with us. What's next on your artistic journey? So I mentioned I'm working on my first manuscript. It's a manuscript that I had began to to work on years ago. And now I have the time and the space to actually um, do something with it. I have a big binder of poetry um, that contains everything I've written from when I was 15 to, you know, to the present. Um, and so I really am focusing on bringing that to fruition. Jazz, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for having me, Ephraim. Somewhere there's music, I'll think the tune. Somewhere there's heaven, I'll hide the moon. There is no moon above when love is far away too. Welcome back to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. We hope you are enjoying the Poets Forum tonight. We heard from Jasmine Coffey talking with Ephraim Colbert about her love of poetry. And I think I'm going to take her advice. She said, let the cosmic forces inspire us to write. So that's what I'm going to do. Keeping in the spirit of new artists, we have another young lady who also likes to show off her skills as a wordsmith at Poetry Slam competitions. 
On March 24th, Sylvia Torres attended the 21st annual Youth Speaks Teen Poetry Slam at the Impact Hub in Oakland. For those who don't know, a poetry slam is a competition where performance artists read or recite original work. The competition came about because of an effort to increase the popularity of poetry. In other words, they wanted to take it out of academia and make it more popular and hip-hop for the younger generation. With that in mind, American poet Mark Smith started experimenting with open mic performances in poetry venues. Voila, we have Poetry Slams. Youth Speaks was founded in San Francisco. It champions local and national and now increasingly more global movements of young people who pick up pens and step proudly onto the stage and declare themselves to be present. I love that. We should all try to be present. Sylvia says she was so impressed by the quality of the poems that were presented that night, but more than anything else, she was amazed by the delivery. In other words, she loved the performance aspect of the poetry slam. She said the young poets were so eloquent and natural on stage and masters of their audiences. So here for us tonight is a piece presented by Nadia Brooks at the 21st Annual Youth Speaks Teen Poetry Slam at the Impact Hub in Oakland. My name is Nadia Brooks and I'm from Oakland, California and I'm 16 years old. Do you mind reading it? Oh, no, I don't. It's uh, titled Inhale, Exhale. Beware. Leech love affairs with the hood will suck your youthful crimson dry. Make your heart cry white noise. Swallow your sorrow. Chin up. Keep your poise. He likes how you scream sunset colors for him. Your adorable asthma attacks your pulse. A rhythm so irregular baby boy doesn't understand why mama's soft sunshine symphony dims silent. Beware. Your curious little George will question your untuned violin vocal cords. He can hear you breaking, shaking palms pushed towards the sky, begging for a time, a time for change, a time where baby boy's giggle won't be silenced by the violence in the hood you once blossomed in. Beware. Your little baby will step through the threshold, humming tunes of dying young, because the kids at school made it sound fun, so you remind him to write his own destiny D-notes. You spank him with the truth, because as long as he sleeps under your roof and after, he must know that bullet holes and brown babies are natural disasters or little accidents. He must know that when you speak of genocide, it ain't past tense. Knock some sense into him with Howard Zinn and spirituals from the motherland when your baby doesn't understand. Hold his hoodied head close to your chest. Let him hear the centuries of creaking cracker boat docks so he can compare it to the donut shop down the street. Don't release him from your embrace if he says you don't care. Tell him, beware. When the picket fence fingers strangle his throat and he can only feel the swaying of a strangely familiar European boat, saying so long to his homies now makes him seasick. He can smell that Atlantic salt water when he visits his homies in the juvenile pen. When he grows into a teen, he will miss his younger days. When the summer sun's rays simmered sweat on his sweet skin, when his people, his kin, sung like harps and violins, when splashes of red on the sidewalk was just spilled Kool-Aid, not the fountain of hood youth. Hold his heavy hands and make sure he knows to beware. Because he's going to vocalize the truth. And they will attempt to suffocate him. Smother him with purposefully unfinished textbooks. And they will skip lessons about Jim Crow. And they will spend only two minutes praising Sister Tubman. And they will send your baby to detention because he woke up the kids in class today. But no, no, no. You can't let the black kids save the day. Or liberate his classmates chained to their desks. But he aces every test, mister. One of the top in his class, you just don't like the picture. Tell your baby to beware. Because it scares you when he walks away from you. Finishes saying, I love you. Because that release is what triggers your heart soon. Too soon. It was too soon to be pitch black in the church pews. So soon. He didn't even bloom yet. They were all too soon. Their existence was too revolutionary for their attackers to handle. Their heartbeat resembled an African drum. Booming beats that bursted their eardrums. So tell the mamas of revolutionaries to beware. Because there's no way to prepare, because people out here got selective hearing and can't handle that Negro spiritual hum. So I guess that's why they call the cops when they want to quiet down the hoodlum. Thank you. Thank you. Nadia, that was a very powerful poem. 
And I was wondering, where do you get your inspiration and what kind of experiences do you have that you can relate to those words? Um, so I grew up in Oakland. I'm a brown girl. I mix with Mexican, Puerto Rican, Choctaw, and black. So I've just heard so many different stories um, about the hood and I've actually experienced that um, because my family is from that place. And I sort of have a connection to police brutality and cultural appropriation because that's my reality. And when, and I just, I get all of my inspiration from my own reality. I try not to pull from other people's unless it's verbatim theater or something like that. But um, when I write about poetry, it's something that's uh, troubling me really deeply um, that I feel like I need to release in a way that I don't know, sounds really cool because I like to rhyme and I like to play with rhyme scheme and things like that. Um, so poetry is really fun to me. Um, and I'm mostly just inspired by things that I experience. Thank you. Your poems are very powerful and express a lot of feelings. So keep on going. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvia, for attending the show. Nadia, all I have to say to you is wow. You captured the sadness and intensity of life for black and brown women and men in America today. And I personally look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Thank you so much for that piece. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce the next artist. Father Amdi Hamilton is a member of the Watts Poets. A group of musicians and poets from Watts, California, who in 1967, hear me again, 1967, established a sound fusing music and jazz and what they call funk roots with a rapid fire spoken word sound. Tonight, we hear an excerpt from the CD Difficulties Technical. D-I-F-F-I-C-U-L-T-E-Z Technical. This is Head Rag for a Crown. She has wisdom to pass around. She wears a head rag for a crown. Big Mama, some say is her name. Grandma, Grandmother, or Nana, others claim. From the throne of an old rocking chair, raw seasoned vibes of life flow into the air. She's a scout of life who has looked ahead. Allowing sweet mother wisdom to settle in the bedroom of her head. With her head rag for a crown, she carries her heavy load down life's dusty, rusty, bumpy road. With an artistic taste and a solid moral base. Queen of elegance and grace, deep streams of beauty flow through her gentle face. Mother of old man river, spirit giver. She has wisdom and knowledge to pass around. She wears a head rag for a crown. A wise-eyed understanding one that rises with the sun. A kind, stern, smooth, humble word for everyone. Always spicy meat or something sweet for her grandchildren to eat. While they sit on a fragile knee and learn the history of their family tree. She's a God-loving light, a soldier in the army for right, advising all far and near and wise enough to hear the well-seasoned knowledge of her many years. Over the seasons, day by day, her physical being rusts away, allowing her spirit to flow free into eternity. Love, honor, and glory in her bound. She has wisdom to pass around. A queen who wears a head rag for a crown. Powerful words from an amazing poet. That was head rag for a crown. Thank you, Father Hamilton, for giving me a wonderful sense of my grandmother. Thank you for giving me a sense of 
those women all across America and around the world who are wearing head rags at this moment and giving out wonderful advice to not only their grandchildren, but to their children as well. So thank you for that. That piece was a poem by Father Amde Hamilton, a Watts prophet, and it was from the CD Difficulties Technical, produced by the late Craig Webb. The musicians on this piece are Leonard McDaddy Williams on clarinet, John Fires on guitar, and the wonderful Marissa Kenyatta on piano. Our thanks to Leon Williams for giving us clearance to play this excerpt. I hate to say it, folks, but we're coming to the end of the show. But I can't let you go just yet. After all, there is no poetry and no poetry show without including something from the great Langston Hughes. So, without further ado... We have Doug Parker and his band to provide the jazz, and Mr. Langston Hughes has his own his own introduction. <laughs> This is what I'm gonna sing. Sun's a setting. This is what I'm gonna sing. I feel the blues are coming. I wonder what the blues will bring. Syncopated tune, rocking back and forth to a mellow croon. I heard a Negro play. Down on Lenox Avenue the other night, by the pale, dull pallor of a one bulb light, he did a lazy sway. He did a lazy sway to the tune of those weary blues. With his ebony hands on each ivory key, he made that poor piano moan with melody. Oh, blues. Swaying to and fro on his rickety stool, he played that sad, raggy tune like a musical fool. Sweet blues, coming from a black man's soul. Oh, blues. With a melancholy tone I heard that Negro sing That old piano moan Ain't got nobody in all this world Ain't got nobody but myself I was going to quit my frowning And put my troubles on the shelf Thump, thump, thump When he's put on the floor He played a few chords Then he sang some more I got the weary blues, I can't be satisfied. Got the weary blues, I can't be satisfied. I ain't happy no more, and I wish that I had died. Far into the night, he crooned that tune. The stars went out, and so did the moon. The singer stopped playing and went to bed. While the weary blues echoed through his head, he slept like a rock or a man that's dead. That was African-American poet Langston Hughes reciting his poem, The Weary Blues, written in 1925. To a jazz accompaniment with the Douglas Parker Band, on the CBC Vancouver program, The 7 O'Clock Show, in 1958. 
The show was hosted by Bob Quintrell. We are almost there, but before we let you go, we have some announcements. The Berkeley Flea Market's grand reopening, the Rebirth Reclaiming Community event, takes place on Sunday, April 23rd from 12 to 6 p.m. The event features live bands, community speakers, children's events, contests, and healthy eating demonstrations. The event takes place at 1937 Ashby Avenue, Berkeley, California, 94703. For more information, call 510-644-0744. The event entitled A Recipe for Worker Dignity Plus Justice, Celebrating Bay Area Sanctuary Restaurants, takes place on Monday, April 24th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at Local, 2214 Broadway in Oakland, California, 94612. To RSVP, please go to H https colon slash slash tiny url dot com slash bay area dash sanctuary restaurants that's it everyone we never seem to have enough time to play everything or talk to everyone but we hope you enjoyed what you did get to hear thank you to all the guests living and those who have crossed over for giving us amazing music and words that cause us to view things a bit differently with each poetic story. You know, I came across this postcard that was written by the late poet June Jordan. She was writing a description of herself to Kathy Ingle, who at the time was the um, program associate at the Academy of American Poets. And this is the description that June Jordan gave of herself. All of my life I have been a poet. Somebody moving in the world by means of words. Somebody working to tell the truth always. Somebody hoping to change, to transform, inertia and injustice wherever I encounter these things into equitable and loving circumstances for everyone to share. My means to these desired ends is the word, is poetry. That was written by June Jordan. June Jordan identifies herself not just as a poet, but also as a person interested in engaging with poetry as a political act. Unsurprisingly, given Jordan's work as an activist throughout her life, Jordan, who worked with the Congress of Racial Equity and established the Influential Poetry for the People program at the University of California, Berkeley, was also known as an active participant and important voice in the civil rights, feminist, anti-war, and gay and lesbian rights movements. Thank you, Ms. Jordan. I think that's what all of these artists have in common with June Jordan the desire and the ability to use their words to bring about change. Just as she was inspired every day, we hope we inspired you a little bit this evening. All right. Tune in next week to Full Circle at 7 p.m. right here on KPFA 94.1 FM in Berkeley. Check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org. There you can listen to and download our shows and see photos of us and our guests. Up next, Londa Baita. Tonight's final selection is going to be from the jazz poetry ensemble, Upsurge. This is Ancestors. <laughs> Ancestors, let me be your drum tonight. Speak through me. Ancestors, let me be your drum tonight. Speak through me. Thank you. 
bestow me with elephant ears. Allow me to see. Bird said, see with your ears and hear with your eyes. Bird said, see with your ears and hear with your eyes. Ancestors, let me be your well tonight, flowing cool and clear. Ancestors, let me be your Luxembourg. 